welcome to another exciting episode of Newcomers to Trailblazers, your one-stop podcast for all things unconventional and trailblazing. I am your host Munisha and I'm absolutely thrilled to have a special guest with us today who is nothing short of a force of nature. Today, we have the incredible Ingrid, a cool, hard-working, kind-hearted entrepreneur who is on a mission to help both kids and adults find their voice and confidence through the magical world of improv. Ingrid's journey is nothing short of awe-inspiring. She fearlessly transitioned between careers, relocated countries, not once, but twice, courageously hit the reset button on her life all with unwavering determination. Today, proudly, she calls Vancouver home, a testament to her resilience and adaptability. So without further ado, let's give a warm Trailblazers welcome to the own and only Ingrid, Ingrid, Ingrid. <laughs> Hi, my love. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you here. How are you today? I'm really great, Manisha. And thanks for having me here today. I'm very, very, very grateful. Thank you. And I made her travel all the way down here just so we could record a podcast. So I am sure from inside she's actually not being nice about me. <laughs> no, I would have been nicer if you had heard some sun, but the sky is all gray. Where is the sun, Anisha? What did you do with the sun? It is Vancouver, dude. Where is the sun, really? I mean, where is it? So out of... 365 days, maybe a hundred days we see sunshine in Vancouver, the most gloomiest city in Canada. <laughs> but when we have the sun, we dance. Yeah, when we have the sun, you will see so many people outside. You will never know actually so many people lived in Vancouver. Exactly. Yes, All right. Okay. Yes. Let's dive into the questions. Okay. So growing up in Guadalupe. So let's start by exploring your roots. Growing up in the picturesque island of Guadeloupe, uh, if I'm not wrong, is it like the southeastern part of Caribbean? Yeah. Okay. It's closer to Guyana. Okay. Yes. Okay. That must have been an extraordinary experience. Like, so can you paint a picture of what your life looked like and how did your island's culture shaped your worldview? As you may know, an island is a beautiful place with sun, okay, sun, coconuts, <laughs> beaches, and uh, like warm people, very warm. So for me, that was a really, really great experience living on, on Thailand. And uh, I will uh, always carry with me um, all the things that my parents taught me, especially because they were farmers. So I really learned the value of hardworking, the value of food. Uh, when you have vegetables, you do not waste them or any food, you do not waste them. Mm -hmm. And also the value of money. So I carry all of that with me that kind of shape who I am. So I'm very proud of that education that I got. And one thing that really impacts me that I carry with me all the time is the culture of storytelling and music. Because I remember when I was a kid, we would do, before the funeral, mm -hmm. we would do some gathering mm -hmm. and people would pray for the dead person mm -hmm. and we would play music as well. We would have people playing drums mm -hmm. and especially we would have a storyteller and that person would 
tell stories, share jokes and stuff. And I've been fascinated by how they manage to captivate the audience and to, to tell those magical stories. And also I remember my, one of my aunties, she gave me a storytelling book, which was my very first storytelling book. Mm -hmm. And I carried this book with me all the time. I would read the stories over and over again. Mm -hmm. So this part of storytelling and music and drumming, it's something that I carry with me all the time. Okay. So people say that island's culture is very, uh, it's mostly togetherness. Uh, everybody knows everybody. And so even if you're going outside, you are actually meeting people who you know, not just meeting random strangers. Of course, there are visitors who visit and they are strangers. But apart from the people who live in island are mostly together. Is that is that true? Have you experienced that? Yes, it's true in a way but it's not true in another way because mm -hmm. Guadeloupe, even though it's an island it's several islands it's mm -hmm. called an archipel mm -hmm. so you would have the island the main island which is Guadeloupe you mm -hmm. have also small islands around like Les Saintes La Desirade and Marie Galante the mm -hmm. one I was born in mm -hmm. and uh, you would know people who know your parents or who know your brother your sisters or something mm -hmm. but there are so many people you don't know you never know about them you never see them even some members of your family that you never get the chance to meet mm -hmm. when i left uh, mm -hmm. and now when i'm going back my parent my mom would tell me oh you don't know this person she's your auntie mm -hmm. uh, i don't know i never meet that person so <laughs> Yeah, so things that you have and I felt I didn't meet uh, when I went in France, and I guess we'll talk about it later, but it's the fact that people know you and if something happened to you, mm -hmm. they can know that and they can help you. Mm -hmm. So that could be positive, but mm -hmm. also negative. Okay. Sometimes you need okay. people to know your oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just be yeah. incognito doing your thing. You need your own private space, privacy, your thoughts to yourself. Exactly. So that could be good, but bad as well. Now that you have mentioned some important cultural aspect of, you know, the island on the whole, what did cultural transition to France look like? Moving to France for education and work must have presented a significant cultural shift, right? So how did that transition impact you? Were there any surprising cultural differences apart from the ones that you have mentioned? And, you know, the sense of culture shock. Have you, Did you experience that? Yes. So... So the very first thing that I experienced, it was to see so many white people. Okay. Now, when I arrived and I get out of the airport, so many white people everywhere say, what? What is that country? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, you would think the, the reverse, like you would see people would think, oh, I saw so many black people. But for me, coming from an island with so many black people, I would mm -hmm. say different. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing. The second thing was, um, actually, I encountered my first homeless. Okay. Back to what we were saying before, when you are in a, on an island, people help each other. Oh, yeah. So I never seen... You've never seen homeless people? Homeless people. Never? In Guadeloupe? Never. Never? never? Okay. Uh, so, and I remember that really shocked me I, and I didn't know what to do. I was in a, in the subway and I saw this guy was lying on the floor. People were just passing by doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And I got myself, I didn't do anything because I got frozen and I said, what should I do? I don't know. Mm -hmm. It was so real. So that was the second thing that really shocked me. Mm -hmm. People there and not being able to get help from others and just passing by. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, 
as well, which was really great. I found people, I was back um, south of France, mm-hmm. and uh, people were actually really nice. Okay. Really, really nice. And uh, I remember I got uh, this lady, I was waiting for the, for the bus to go to the train station, and I was lost because it was my first time. I didn't know where to go. But mm-hmm. And I was looking for the train station, and mm-hmm. I asked her, I only asked her direction. And actually, she she went with me until the train station. She oh. took the subway with me, and she showed me like all the way. We were talking all the way, and she she stayed with me until I get to the train station. Okay. And another kind, another gesture, kindness gestures that I witnessed was family. I, I got some difficulties with my place to live. Like okay. I didn't have a weird place to live, and my God, it was okay. weird. Uh-huh. But I, I met that person through another lady I met on the airplane, mm-hmm. and this family they asked me for more than one month mm-hmm. at that place for free. For free, oh. and they helped me to find another place. And we are still in touch. Like even now, we are still in touch. Like those little thing like that, you know. Kind people exist everywhere. Exactly. Oh, that must have been amazing. I don't think I I would know of anybody who would let people stay for free in Canada for one month. I mean, look at the rental market, right? Yes, exactly. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> but that's amazing that somebody let you stay for free for one month. You must have felt like you belonged, just like back in Ireland, right? Yes. 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 That's amazing. You have lived in France for how many years now? 15 years. 15 years. Yes, that's, I, I, that's half of my life, man. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you lived in a beautiful country for half of my life. I am jealous. I am jealous. <laughs> we should go. Yeah, we should. Book a trip right now. Yes, but actually, I would prefer to... I think I would prefer to to bring you to Guadeloupe with me. Uh huh. Yes. Yes. Next time you go, yes. let me know. Yes. I'm gonna ramp up my passport and then let's go together. Let's yes. do this. Yes, yes, yes. So get ready maybe at the end of this year. Done. So choosing Canada, your decision to move to Canada, particularly Vancouver, it really intrigues me. So what drew you to this vibrant city? Yeah, what were the biggest challenges you faced when you first arrived? We'd love to hear about your experiences of resetting and restarting your life in a new country, especially for the second time. Yes, yes, yes. Why, why did I choose Vancouver? It's because I really wanted to improve my English, okay. English speaking. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. the weather. It's the weather. Yes. Yeah. Because you like people, the rain. Ah, it's not the rain. It's compared to Montreal uh-huh. or Quebec City, like yeah. compared to uh-huh. the east. Yeah. Like snow. Yes. You know? Less snow. Yes. So I guess I prefer the rains and the snow. Yeah. Some people different. For me, I prefer. And um, so one thing that challenged me when I arrived here was my, actually my my English, my Mm -hmm. English uh, speaking skills. Mm -hmm. I found myself really lacking of confidence. Um, When I would be in meetings, I would be thinking about the correct sentence before I would speak up, like, is it the correct vocabulary? Is it Mm -hmm. the correct tense? You Mm -hmm. know? And by the time I make my perfect sentence in my mind, we would have changed subject. Tell me about it. And you feel stupid to bring back, oh, by the way, the thing you said 10 minutes before, now (laughs) I have my points, you know? So that that was really one of my my biggest challenges. 
I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And what I really liked is the openness. Mm -hmm. uh, I found people here very open, very inclusive. Mm -hmm. uh, like, for example, the volunteering thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was a thing. Mm -hmm. I guess back in France, I, I, had a, I had a job, so I wasn't looking for volunteer. I didn't have time for that. Mm -hmm. so when I arrived here, seeing all the volunteering opportunities that you can have and meet people. And if you have something you are interested in, you can just go and volunteer and learn from that people in that field you are interested in. Mm -hmm. So that really, really, I, like, I, I really liked it. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the inclusion part, I remember still connected to volunteering. I went... <laughs> I went to volunteer to the Queer Art Festival. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and but the thing is, I didn't know what queer meant at that all. I didn't know at all. I just, I just wanted to go and do things, meet people. So I just, I saw this volunteering position. I said, yes, I'm in, I'm in. Uh -huh. So when I went and I remember when I arrived, they were asking mm -hmm. to like write down your pronoun. Mm -hmm. I was like, what is that? That was my first time I heard about like pronoun? pronouns. Yeah, yeah. So like I see she, her, he, him, they, them. I was like, what, what is that? They, them. I'm only one person in my mind, I guess. Yeah. I have several voices, but you know. There is not a gender neutral singular pronoun in English. Dear world, understand it. We have to use a plural pronoun to identify if you are non-binary. How weird is that? Yes. So when I arrived there, so I, I, saw, I saw some people that I, I can suppose that they were queer. At the time, I didn't know, but mm -hmm. I could suppose, I could mm -hmm. see by the way they were behaving and mm -hmm. stuff. And I was like, wow. That interesting. Mm -hmm. This festival is attracting so many queer people, but I don't know. Okay. And I remember when we started a conversation together, mm -hmm. they were asking, oh, who doesn't know about queer? So mm -hmm. I raised my hand, and even another lady, we, we raised our hand. Mm -hmm. And said, okay, we will come to that later. Mm -hmm. And uh, one person started to give a testimonial, and she was saying, oh, as a straight person, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Straight. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. I was like, straight. I know that word. Mm -hmm. So I make the connection quickly with queer. Okay, queer. So it's the opposite, I guess, of straight. Mm -hmm. And so I remember everything by seeing all those queer people. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you make yeah. all the reverse. Yeah, connecting the dots exactly. in your brain. Exactly. Yeah. That's why they asked me about my pronoun. I didn't know. But that was very interesting for me like, to get to know. And mm -hmm. that's why I really liked this country, especially like Vancouver, mm -hmm. to have this all this possibility to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I had stayed in Guadeloupe, mm -hmm. now they start like I'm tell to talk about pronoun as well in French, like yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But in Guadeloupe I went back like very lately mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's not a thing. Yeah. It's not a thing there. Yeah. They get influenced by friends, but by the time you come to Guadeloupe, mm -hmm. you need you, you have to wait a long time. Yeah. So that yeah, that's something really impacted me, that mm -hmm. really impacted me when I arrived here, mm -hmm. the inclusion part. And also lastly something I really that really shaped me and pushed me to do whatever I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. It's by the fact that when I travel to another country and I I kind of didn't feel the weight of judgment. Nope, nope. I had this image in my mind when I would see me mm -hmm. like having like some strings mm -hmm. attached to mm -hmm. Guadeloupe and attached to France. Mm -hmm. 
Those strings would be my friends' judgment, mm-hmm. my colleagues' judgment, my family' judgment, mm-hmm. like the, the weight of the society. Yeah. And by coming here, not knowing anyone. Oh my! Trust me, I have been there. You felt it, right? Yeah, absolutely. You, you felt so free. You can do whatever you want, and you don't care if people like say, "Oh, she's oh, weird. Why is she doing that? I don't care. I don't know you, and whatever I want." Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a feeling I will, will always carry with me because it was really a great, great feeling of freedom and possibility. When you mentioned about the strings, I have moved cities before within India. <laughs> and i when i moved to canada that's the one thing i was looking forward to i was like i love you i love my family i love my parents i love everybody out there but that does not mean i have to live up to their expectation right i would like to live life up to my expectation but even though i felt that i did not know what my expectation was because i did not have the space or the freedom to decide what my expectations were i was constantly living up to someone else's expectation at work at personal life in between friends and in between families you are always putting your straight up because you want to impress other people exactly and i was not impressing myself and that was something i was really looking forward to when i moved to canada i totally feel you love i told totally totally feel you and if you never travel mm-hmm. you will never know yeah. what could be a new expectation you can have absolutely you can never know what doors that can open mm-hmm. in your mind i mm-hmm. mean it's really mind opening when you travel when you get to connect with other people from other culture like seriously i will never regret my trip either to france mm-hmm. first and mm-hmm. here in Canada. It's my best experience. Loved it. So you have spoken about your personal life, how um culture played a, a major role, how family, your decisions, your freedom played a major role. Let's talk about your work. So the confidence plays a pivotal role in your personal and professional growth. How do you define confidence and what strategies do you employ to support adults and youth in improving their confidence through your improv workshops? Before I start with that. I have to share mm-hmm. my first encounter with public speaking. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I was actually I was in university, mm-hmm. and we had to do a presentation about mm-hmm. a project. Mm-hmm. We were in a team of three, mm-hmm. and I remember when the D day arrived, I was so stressed. Mm. so stressed mm-hmm. when it was my turn to mm-hmm. speak in front of the teacher like we, we had three teachers in mm-hmm. front of us mm-hmm. and each time I had to to speak mm-hmm. I would stutter oh. I'm not the person who stuttered uh-huh. it just happened. never before never mm-hmm. it just happened because I was really stressed I was mm-hmm. lacking confidence mm-hmm. and But now when I see that I feel like how come I I had to wait until university mm-hmm. to have to deliver a speech in front of people. Mm. I didn't get a chance through all my education in school to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So for me confidence, self-confidence it's something gives you the ability, the belief, the power to do something mm-hmm. that you think maybe you cannot do mm-hmm. but by believing you can do it or you can say it mm-hmm. that for me self confidence and this is something you get when you 
if you have someone very mm-hmm. shy like me, mm-hmm. you're, you're not shy. I, you can just say that. In great. No, no, no. I am. I am. I am. You are. I'm still shy. I'm introvert. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I get over it. Mm-hmm. Doing improv, doing mm-hmm. theater. Mm-hmm. That was something that really helped me. And now I feel like everyone should try it. Mm-hmm. Some people, yeah, I, I get that. Some people, they can try it and after this, oh no, that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. But at least you try it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in school, I think that should be something mandatory. Should mm-hmm. be part of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Doing some improv, some theater or something. That should be mm-hmm. mandatory in the curriculum. Because that really transformed. By doing that, I really... Now I'm focusing mostly on immigrant because it's something that I felt when I arrived here. Like in confidence, speaking French or English. So I helping people with that. Mm-hmm one part of what I'm doing mm-hmm. but it's, it's something that I feel like when as an immigrant mm-hmm. you arrive in a country you mm-hmm. kind of lose one this part of your confidence that is confidence. true yes yes I remember just last that year I, I did a workshop um, for job interview mm-hmm. and I remember I will never forget that lady she just to introduce herself mm-hmm. to shake my hand mm-hmm. she was so shy so kind of fragile, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we start to talk and she told me back in Iran, mm-hmm. I used to have confidence, but mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. I'm not in my environment, I feel like I'm lacking confidence in everything that oh, I'm doing. Yeah. And also she got a job and she lost that job. So that also, yeah. it's a weight on your self-confidence. Mm. And not mention about mental health, all the things. Mm-hmm. As an immigrant, mm-hmm. it's something that could be very heavy. So through my work, through my improv, mm-hmm. that I really help immigrants to deal with all of that. Okay, that's absolutely amazing. Now that you have, you have mentioned that you help adults and young adults gain their confidence and now you have established your own organization so as someone who didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs how has your journey in entrepreneurship shaped you as a person what's the biggest lesson you have learned as a solopreneur i've been learning a lot and actually i'm still learning mm-hmm. so much by just being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, one of the main things is the fact that I can do something, okay. I can create something mm-hmm. from nothing. Mm-hmm. I can bring value with who I am, with my personality, with my energy. Mm-hmm. Something before by being an employee, I couldn't feel. Mm-hmm. You can still bring value as an employee. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But when you do it as an entrepreneur and you create something, you really see, you really see the impact like right away. Mm-hmm. If it works or if it doesn't work, you mm-hmm. get it. Mm-hmm. And that will always make me, I will always remember, I don't remember when I saw that quote, but I will always remember that quote. It's about when you go to a party, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. whatever you bring, let's see, let's see a party like you're on a table and each person has a plate mm-hmm. in front of themselves mm-hmm. and you when you come you if you come the way you are with your energy like the true you people get feed yeah mm-hmm. from you mm-hmm. and if you do not feed them they might die mm-hmm. starvation yeah mm-hmm. I, I will always i don't know when 
where I saw that quote, but that really mm -hmm. impacted me. Mm -hmm. Like, stay who you are because some people are hungry of you. They want to eat you. <laughs> yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah, no? yeah, yeah. So if you do not show up as you are, you are depriving others of the opportunity of knowing you, embracing you as a person. Yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely. So that one of the main things that I learned, being myself, and you can you can see on my post when I post on social media, I'm always like that cheerful person, mm -hmm. crazy, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, just let's show the way I am. Mm -hmm. That's something that I try to keep doing, keep doing, keep doing. And also, what I learned is my relationship with money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As I said, my family were farmers, mm -hmm. so life wasn't easy as a farmers. Mm -hmm. We worked a lot. Mm -hmm. And that helped me to see the value mm -hmm. that I bring mm -hmm. worth money. Mm -hmm. But as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. how much money depends mm -hmm. on that? Mm -hmm. you know? um, also, the fact that to succeed, you need to work a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Also, the fact that you need to do everything by yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's not the man's mindset you should have as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So all of the things like change me and shape me as the person I am today, and mm -hmm. I'm still still learning. Entrepreneurship. One important thing that you mentioned was you don't have to do it all by yourself. Right. So many entrepreneurs, especially when they start in the beginning, because they, they have not built a team yet. So they, they take the pressure of wanting to do the things by themselves. Everything right from marketing to finance. Yes, I know. Yes. Yeah, yes. you have been doing it. I can yes. see yes. marketing, finance, sales, everything, creating a business proposal, sending it to the organization, negotiation, everything, everything you do by yourself. And at one point of time, you feel so exhausted and then you realized, you know what, I need help. But that help, you should have realized that you needed it from day one of entrepreneurship. But not many people do that. Everyone has a journey. Mm, yeah. Even yeah. though someone would come and tell you that, mm -hmm. it depends on how open your mind is at that time. Yeah. It depends on how ready you are to receive that information and to take action mm -hmm. that information. Like, I got people telling me, like, mm -hmm. when you are an entrepreneur, if you want a, like, a successful business, you, mm -hmm. you cannot do it by yourself. Yeah. But I wasn't ready to hear that when I yeah. did that the first yeah. time. Yeah. I yeah. was like, I can still do it. Exactly. I'm gonna do it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like all the ego and the thing, you know. Being in business, actually, I started in 2018. Mm -hmm. Been really full time during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So it's been more than three years. I'm full time. Mm -hmm. I can see. I can see how difficult it is mm -hmm. like, to do everything by yourself. And now I'm at this point. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it myself anymore. anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it alone anymore. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I continue like that, mm -hmm. I would even start to lose my joy yeah. in what I started at the very first place. Yeah. Lose my energy mm -hmm. to do it the way I really want to do it mm -hmm. in the first place. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I, will, I started to get people with me and you can be surprised how many people would be willing to help you if you have a cause and if you have a vision 
they embrace it as well and they are your cheerleaders. That mm-hmm. can help you. Okay. Okay. We have been speaking about entrepreneurship a while now. So, this is February and February is Black History Month. With Black History Month upon us, we would love to hear your perspective on its significance. Moreover, why do you think it's crucial to support black entrepreneurs and businesses? So, for me it will be very simple. It's about representation. Mhm. Representation matters. If you do not see people like you succeeding mm-hmm. if you do not see people like you as business owner mm-hmm. as successful business owner mm-hmm. for me as a black woman mm-hmm. i would then think that i would be able to do it mm-hmm. people would talk about oprah but back in guadeloupe mm-hmm. i didn't know about oprah okay okay <laughs> you know i didn't know about because it wasn't i i, I didn't have anyone in my whom you were able to look up to exactly. yeah yeah by seeing that by helping other entrepreneur you for me like if we talk about especially black entrepreneur we help the future yeah. little boys or little black boy black girls to succeed as well because yeah. they see them they see those success and success is not only one color mm-hmm. like it's several colors and it's a community all together mm-hmm. by seeing that we can succeed yeah so that for me black history month is all about representation mm-hmm. yeah and also something i saw as well it's sometimes we always reduce mm-hmm. black history to slavery oh yeah but something to remember as well black history doesn't start with slavery yeah like we used to have king queens mm-hmm. very wealthy very uh sparring mm-hmm. like warriors great warriors mm-hmm. so it's a time as well to reflect on that mm-hmm. and to learn mm-hmm. and also i would encourage people to talk with the kids about it yeah to share the point of view and to hear from the, the kid as well mm-hmm. yeah it's amazing you you have spoken about various things right you empower um, new immigrants through your work you empower kids through your work you volunteer a lot yeah. <laughs> you are doing a lot of work for upon yourself you're taking an effort to become a become a, a better entrepreneur you're taking responsibilities to be a different person and all of that so lastly considering your journey this amazing journey that you have as an immigrant what advice would you give to the new immigrants arriving in canada every day what valuable insights or encouragement would you offer them as they embark on their unique journey for immigrants something i learned recently it's um a number mm-hmm. that i found very important each year mm-hmm. canada welcome about 5 lakh which is uh, yes, 500000 500000 yeah immigrants mm-hmm. that's right. a lot but i haven't been able to find the numbers of those who leave uh-huh. canada they do not get to realize the dream that they have the dreams that they had my advice would be don't come with an expectation that the country owe you something okay you are the one who will build 
what you want. Mm-hmm. You are the one who would build your dreams. Yeah, yeah. So yes, come with hope, mm-hmm. but don't expect others to build it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't wait for it to come. Yeah. You have this amazing environment with amazing communities, like opportunities. Opportunities, yes, exactly. So just just be there. Mm-hmm. And for me, I came with a blank canva. I mm-hmm. wasn't expecting anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know I would start a business. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. I just came because I want my my main goal was to improve my English and to meet other communities. Mm-hmm. That that way to open my mind to other culture mm-hmm. but i was i didn't have any expectation like canada owe me my 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 happiness future exactly no. yeah i know i just wanted to, to be there and experience something and things happen i met people i surrounded myself by people with the same mindset mm-hmm. not the same community mm-hmm. i understand yeah yeah which means Which not like-minded people, you mean? Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not not like stay in your community. Like yeah. I would say, oh, I'm French. Mm-hmm. I just go to the French community. Yeah, that is comfort zone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh no 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 no! That's not the way to live your immigration journey. Yeah. Especially in Canada. Yeah. You have so many culture. Mm-hmm. Go and meet other people. Stay open. Mm-hmm. Like a blank out. Stay curious. Mm-hmm. So, I would say my two main advice would be. Don't wait for the country to realize your dream. Mm-hmm. Do it. Take your opportunity. Do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Get to know people. Mm-hmm. Go to to grab the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And secondly, mm-hmm. don't stay in your community. Of mm-hmm. course, you need to get in touch with your community, mm-hmm. but don't don't limit yourself to that. Mm-hmm. So that was. So Thank you. Thank you so much, Ingrid, for that amazing, amazing statement. Thank you, Monisha. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ingrid, for you, be, being a guest on our podcast show, Newcomers to Trailblazers. Your trailblazing spirit is truly inspiring, and we are thrilled to have you here. We had an incredible time with you, and as you shared your journey and valuable tips to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't subscribed yet, we encourage you to do so. We release episodes bi-weekly and can be found on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn for more exciting updates. Take care and ciao. Ciao. Thank you for listening. Bye.